This is the sound of turning ideas into software. This is the sound of engineering and passion. Work. Work more. Work harder. Experiment. Build. Break. And build again. Write code. Improve it. Job done. Celebrate. Insurance. Finance. Retail. Defense. Robotics. Energy. Amethics. Welcome back to another episode of Data Science at Home podcast. I'm Francesco, podcasting from the regular office of Amethics Technologies based in Belgium. Today I want to speak about one of the main interpretations that people have been giving to machine learning and in particular to neural networks or in general all the models that are usually composed of an impressive amount of parameters and of course neural networks are king here. We have seen networks of several million parameters but also billions of parameters and we have covered some of those in uh, in this show uh, now there are many uh, views and uh, many interpretations that people uh, have been given have been giving to neural networks in particular and uh, usually they come from statistical physics um, but also thermodynamics or physics in general. And so in this episode, I would like to summarize a bit some of the thoughts that uh, some folks have been putting there um, about, uh, you know, how would a theoretical physicist or a physicist uh, interpret uh, neural networks and machine learning? Because that might help us understanding why these things work and why sometimes they don't. So before getting into the details of uh, or to the interpretation of physics, um, we better uh, pave the way to some of the uh, you know concepts that of course are very well known in the in the world of physics and much less known or well not immediately uh, comparable to the world of machine learning at least uh, up until now. Um, so as a matter of fact, models uh, can be interpreted or seen as dynamical systems. And a dynamical system is a system that, um, you know, evolves in time and uh, evolves in time, but also evolves with respect to some um, inputs. And of course, machine learning uh, is definitely an evo a dynamical system that evolves, for example, uh, with respect to data, but also with respect to time as well. If we think about time, for example, uh, in terms of epoch uh, that we need to train, uh, you know, I'm referring here to uh, deep learning and neural networks, um, generally speaking, uh, but of course, other iterative methods in which there is a gradient descent, and we have seen this many, many times, you know, it requires time uh, in the uh, form of epochs or in the form of, you know, wall clock time, so seconds, in order to get to an equilibrium, and we'll speak more about uh, exactly that. Generally speaking, a model is essentially a, you know, a monster <laughs> or a machine that turns some, uh, let's say, raw material uh, into some outputs that, of course, can be used and can be uh, utilized for uh, for predictions, but, you know, it's a, essentially a transformation of something into something else, okay? So, um, it's essentially a system, not only that, it's also a system made of uh, many smaller parts, uh, usually moving parts, and we can think here uh, about, for example, neurons or, or synapses or aggregations of neurons, layers, uh, if we refer still to the deep learning world. But of course, we can think also about the activation functions 
and uh, the dropout parameters and all the other hyperparameters that characterize a particular neural network, for example. So these are all, uh, you know, the smaller, the simpler parts uh, that the, such a model is composed of. And, uh, and of course, the classic vector multiplications, additions, uh, logical operation, etc., uh, etc. Et so this is how a model looks like. Uh, now let's have a look at how data look like, because data is another, uh, let's say, moving part that uh, plays a fundamental role in uh, uh, the final accuracy of any uh, particular, of any machine learning model. And uh, we can look at data as, you know, the random component that we usually feed the network uh, and that's random because, in fact, humans cannot control data. They can just observe data. They can just collect data from evidence, from the world, from the physical phenomenon that they are going to model or to train their uh, network on. Uh, and that's it. You know, there's no real um, control of the data, if not only in the uh, except, of course, in the collection strategy. So a human or even a machine can actually uh, decide what data to collect. But once we have defined, uh, you know, the way we collect data, we cannot actually control how the data are generated. You know, these are, this is part of the physical phenomenon and uh, not under our control. Not only that, but this source, you know, data represent a source, represent a source of randomness and uncertainty. And, um, you know, most of the time, I would say 100% of the time, uh, the neural networks we deal with uh, will never, uh, we will never feed 100% of the possible data or combinations of data that characterize the physical phenomenon that we are going to model, right? Unless under very uh, strict and narrow circumstances um, in which, for example, we know 100% of the data that characterize that particular physical phenomenon. Usually that's never the case. Usually that's the case probably in a lab, um, but in the real world, of course, we do not have 100% of the data. We always have a sample of the data we feed the network with. And so this means that when we are, once we are dealing with samples, uh, we're also dealing with uncertainty. Uh, and of course, with a certain degree of randomness, because we do not know which sample is, in fact, um, the one that we have at hand, um, due to the fact that that sample is maybe a more or less good representative of the 100% of the possible data that you might think of, but it's not 100%, and so that's just a sample. So what is training? Well, training is, in fact, you know, if we start from these two, um, let's say, con concepts, which is the model as a dynamical uh, system and uh, um, the data as a source of randomness and uncertainty, well, then what is training? Uh, training is, in fact, a dynamical process, right? So if we, uh, you know, look at the picture with the eyes of a physicist, uh, well, he would say, he or she, of course, would say that uh, we are going to minimize something that is called energy, the energy of the system. Of course, we are not referring to any specific type of energy, but to the concept of energy, you know, to cool, uh, that is, you know, the general concept of, of energy. And um, so what is, what is energy? How can we uh, explain energy? Well, if you think about 
the way particles will adjust themselves in uh, you know at the microscopic level um, in any type of material well most of the time that's what the physical world is teaching us um, they will tend to uh, lower the overall energy right and so they will find an equilibrium uh, such that the energy that is required for these particles, you can think about electrons or atoms, whatever, um, that energy to spread themselves apart is minimized. All right? So that's kind of the, the least effort <laughs> from, from materials uh, and from the world, you know, from the universe, uh, how to um, position or to... Uh, you know, characterize a particular material. I'm, I'm giving, of course, you know, these are not rigorous definitions. I'm not a physicist myself. I'm, I'm just trying to summarize and digest, pre-digest these concepts uh, for non-technical people to, uh, to understand and to follow my, uh, my line of thought. But of course, if you're a physicist, I know you might be extremely angry at me right now because you would like something more formal this show is not uh, what you need and what not what you will enjoy listening to. This podcast has been done in collaboration with the NordPass business. NordPass business has developed a password manager that will save you a lot of time and energy whenever you need access to business accounts, work across devices, even with the other members of your team, or whenever you need to share sensitive data with your colleagues or make payments efficiently. And all this with the highest standard of cybersecurity technology. Remember keeping passwords in notebooks or sticky notes? And how about getting access to certain accounts when the main account holder was off sick or on vacation? And don't let me start with the amount of hours spent on resetting your password or the one of your teammates. With NordPass, you can easily forget all that stuff. Passwords are managed differently these days and in a much more secure way for yourself and your organization. You can even share pins, alarm codes, credentials, and Wi-Fi passwords securely and really, really fast. Oh, and NordPass works also on payments information. Once stored, the information is pulled up and populated straight into the forms of your browser. No more manual entry. How cool is that? You want to see NordPass business in action? Get a three-month free trial by surfing nordpass.com slash data science. That's northpass.com slash data science. So why I'm introducing this concept of energy? Because, uh, you know, there is a, some sort of misconception uh, when we think about machine learning models that, uh, you know, try to uh, minimize the loss function. And that's what we know. We've been speaking about this many, many times. What a machine learning model does is essentially minimizing the loss function. But of course, the loss function isn't everything. Because, you know, machine learning models, they, they don't just minimize loss functions, but they do something else. You know, they follow some sort of evolution uh, with respect to the concept of a dynamical system. It, this means that, you know, if that's true, uh, it means that the machine learning model, if we think of a machine learning model as a dynamical system, then it should behave as a dynamical system. And what does a dynamical system do? Well, it organizes itself under some interactions. So, you know, we are getting closer and closer to the way physicists uh, interpret things. Um, you know, a dynamical system that is made up of much, much smaller in interacting parts or moving parts. Uh, and as the model trains, it of course reorganizes itself 
uh, under the influence of a, uh, a source of randomness and uncertainty, which is the data, and it keeps evolving in time and reorganizing itself uh, as it goes. Now, as you can understand, uh, this is much more than just minimizing the loss function, right? So whenever we speak about, or we have been speaking about neural networks and say, well, we're going to train this model and we're going to get to convergence, uh, which is when we can no longer improve the loss function until we minimize it and we find some kind of global, hopefully global minimum, and then we just put the, the network or the, that set of parameters, trained parameters in inference mode, and we're good to go. You know, if you think in those terms, you know, in the pure machine learning terms or function optimization terms, okay, loss function minimization, is that, that's what it is at stake. But if you think as a physicist, it's, there is much more than that. And that's something that I really find uh, fascinating. So once we uh, got to the you know definition that it's closer to the to the world of physics rather than the world of machine learning or function optimization, we can introduce what all physicists are uh, really uh, amazed by, and myself included, which is the second law of thermodynamics. So this is something uh, you know it, it's one of the laws of physics, probably the most famous one. Uh, the second law of thermodynamics uh, is uh, a law that no system in this universe, in this planet at least, um, can, uh, cannot, you know, that must observe. Um, and, uh, and there is a notion that, of course, the notion of entropy uh, that, you know, uh, can only increase as time goes on. We all know that from uh, all the documentaries we have been watching so far. So we know that entropy always increases. The entropy of the, view of the universe increases, and there's no way to slow it down, right, uh, or to or to stop it. So entropy. What is entropy? Well, entropy captures how uh, generic a system is, and how much do we know about that system? Okay. And so what the um, second law of thermodynamics uh, is telling us is that. Uh, the the most generic configuration will most likely prevail uh, amongst all the possible configurations that the system can uh, can be into. Okay, and so with this you know idea, with this interpretation, and again this is theory. This is not something that we know it's happening in neural networks. It's just an interpretation. Yet one more interpretation of. Um, uh, of neural network with the eyes of a physicist, well, then uh, the most important point for us is that thermodynamical systems never just minimize energy, but, you know, the system maximizes entropy together with minimizing the loss function. And so, essentially, the, the system tends to, to sit to the most likely configuration that characterizes the system itself. And that's something very profound because, you know, I, I, I'm not sure, I, I hope I'm doing a decent job explaining this. It's not easy for me. I'm trying to find the, the easiest words to explain this. You know, it's much more than just saying I am minimizing a loss function uh, of a certain number of variables in a high dimensional system. But still, I'm just minimizing the differences between uh, what I get 
uh, with what um, I should be getting uh, instead. There is yet another very powerful concept uh, when it comes to uh, systems in physics, uh, which is the concept of thermal equilibrium. And I already mentioned something uh, at the beginning of this episode uh, about equilibrium. Equilibrium is, you know, the state from which, uh, you know, to which we, uh, uh, you know, the network, the model uh, tends to, but from which it's going to be more difficult for the network or the model to escape, right? That's what an equilibrium is. And of course, the equilibrium can be stable, unstable, and we can have several types of equilibria. But an equilibrium, you know, stable equilibrium is essentially, you know, imagine this, a place in which you you sit and, and, and it's going to be hard to, to move out from there. You know, under specific number of perturbations, the system will keep, will stay in that equilibrium. Uh, you know, that's how I would define an equilibrium, right? When we think about equilibrium or, or, you know, thermal equilibrium, in fact, when it comes from physics, if we want to find, you know, the equivalent in machine learning, it's essentially that configuration of parameters that uh, even if it is slightly different at the single parameter level, so-called microscopic level, the overall accuracy and so the macroscopic behavior of the network will not change. And if you think this happens all the time in uh, in deep learning, because especially when you have a network with an extremely large number of parameters, think about a network even with the several million parameters, it's going to be extremely difficult to have two networks that you know behave the same way. Uh, so they predict essentially the same uh, values or classes if it's classifiers, uh, and at the same time the internal parameter values are exactly the same. It's going to be almost impossible, even for, you know, floating point approximations and uh, clipping and, you know, initial conditions. There can be many situations that will lead to a different uh, parameter setting between the two networks. And yet the two networks will behave the same on a macroscopic level, right? So the macroscopic behavior is going to be the same, but the parameters are going to be slightly different. And if you iterate this concept over and over again, it could happen that, you know, the network, which is, remember, a dynamical system, will, you know, keep evolving, it will keep adjusting and organizing in time, which means that it will keep uh, changing this internal state, okay, until the historical behaviors of the system is completely lost. So essentially the system forgets what happened in the past and still uh, behaves the same way. Now, this is absolutely possible and I believe this is happening already, you know, in our neural networks, bigger or smaller, it already happens. Um, And it already, you know, we see the effect of this, you know, theory. So you can have this uh, uh, very, very simple exam experiment. Uh, you can take a network, you train it to convergence, and um, you perform some, you know, predictions and holdout uh, set. You measure the accuracy of that network, um, and then you just hash the network, you know, to uh, to fix the parameter setting of that network. 
then eventually you can retrain the network okay and you will see that um, due to the some random components that for example come from the data from the way you are feeding the network it's probably not going to be exactly the same so the stochastic gradient descent will never land or will you know very rarely land to exactly the same uh, parameter uh, parameter values if you put the network in inference mode you will most likely obtain exactly the same accuracy so the same macroscopic behavior but when you hash the network you're going to have a different hash with respect to the first version right so with this simple example what i'm trying to say is that you know what we are saying here this thermal equilibrium effect um, that comes from physics it is happening in deep learning we just don't realize it or probably we don't pay attention to why all this well the reason of this episode was of course to shed some light uh, on the different ways one can interpret a neural network and the concept of deep learning you know i'm referring to deep learning as a concept as a methodology not just the single neural network and uh, i believe this is extremely important because we have seen uh, many of these networks working in several situations and in many others not working at all also the way we have seen how these behaviors change uh, when we for example reshuffle the data uh, the input data or when we deal with a different sample of the data that come from the uh, physical phenomenon that we are uh, trying to model you know very different things can happen depending on the network that we're dealing with and so there hasn't been a formula that explains all these variations um, and which is you know the reason why in a previous episode we uh, uh, discussed about the statement of jeremy howard about you know research in artificial intelligence is is a waste of time that was a very provocative way of saying that there is no formula uh, that you know this is experimental science and there is no formula there uh, so you know doing research at academic level uh, would be a waste of time because academics usually look for formulas so if you are looking for formulas um i'm sorry to disappoint you but that's not going to happen with deep learning you know that's what that was kind of the interpretation of uh, jeremy howard's statement but with this said i think that uh, making an analogy with um physics is extremely useful uh, there are many other interpretations out there it's useful because we know what physics is telling us. We know what uh, how mature these uh, these uh, methods and these concepts and these principles are, and they're very well known and very well accepted in the in the community um, and you know in the science community. And so, if we found an analogy with machine learning, maybe we could you know use um, very mature mathematical tools and, and mathematical physics and tools from mathematical physics to study maybe deep learning uh, which would in my opinion open uh, you know gives much more space to the academic world um, and uh, in which the academic world would definitely play a much more relevant role especially when it comes to abstract concepts and theoretical concepts uh, that have definitely an impact in everyday life whenever we use these models that's it for today i hope you enjoyed the show speak with you next time
You've been listening to Data Science at Home Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean to get new, fresh episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or visit our website at datascienceathome.com.